This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. For your kindness, for your faithfulness in our lives, of a truth you are good, and besides you there is none else. Take all glory, Lord. Take all honor in the name of Jesus. Daddy, this morning, speak to us. Teach us your word by yourself. Open our eyes of understanding that we may see and know what you're doing and walk accordingly, even in alignment with your plan and your purpose for our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. What I'd like to do very quickly, maybe in about five minutes, I, I want to kind of, I, I feel like I left things hanging uh, last Sunday. So I just want to mention just a couple of things to kind of close that out. We were talking about you must be holy uh, last time. So if we say we must be holy, I, I guess the, the question then becomes, what, why do I need to be holy? What's the purpose? What's the goal? Of holiness in my life. Uh, so very quickly, if you open to Romans chapter 8, verse 29, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, the Bible says, for God knew his people in advance. So God knew you, God knew me in advance, and because he knew us in advance, he chose us to become like his son. How many of us know that there is no sin in Jesus? The Bible says, he that knew no sin became sin for us that were sinners. So God wants us to be like his son, Jesus, so that his son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And when you jump to Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 12, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 10, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10, it says, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how, right? But God's discipline always is good for us. So that what? So that we might share in his holiness. Holiness, as I said to us, is the nature of God. That's who God is. If you say God and you say holy, and those, you will be right. You can use God and holy as synonymous. Because that's the very essence of God. In him, there's no impurity at all. In fact, many years ago, when I talked about holiness, I, I gave an illustration. You know, imagine that uh, this whole sanctuary uh, is a water tank, right? It's gone through the seven filtration process and everything. The water is awesome. It's the cleanest water that can ever be is what they are keeping in this room. And then you just take a tiny speck, not a lot, just a tiny speck of poop, and you add to this huge body of water, and somebody say, drink from it. How many people will say, ah, it will have diluted themselves out? <laughs> Nobody. You know, so, <laughs> funny, right? God is so holy and so pure that there is no iota of impurity in him. And that is why we all need Jesus. 
It's not because of the things that we do to try to be holy. We can never be good enough. That is why when we appear before him, we appear by the blood. The only way to access his presence is by the blood of Jesus. The pure and the living and the perfect way. First John chapter uh, First Peter rather, First Peter chapter one, verses fifteen and sixteen. It says, "But now you must be holy in everything you do." So it's not subject to what I do in church or what I do uh, my service as a Christian. No, he said, "In everything, on the job." in my relationships, with my friends, in my conversations, in everything, in everything. It says you must be holy, what? In everything you do, just as God chose you, just as God who chose you is holy. And then uh, verse 16 says, for the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. So that is the call of God for us. He says we must. It's not a question of if I feel like or I don't feel like. It's not a recommendation. It's not a suggestion. It's a command to us that we must be holy. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. You will not feel good. Okay, since you didn't like it too much, I will not feel good. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So today, today is going to be like a continuation of where I left off in December, the last sermon in December, I talked about reflections. And in talking about reflections, I say it's important to think. <laughs> Very important. People think it's easy to think. No. If it was easy to think, everybody would be a thinker. It's difficult. When you isolate yourself, you say, I, I just want to think about stuff. Before you know it, there's text message. The phone is ringing. Suddenly, you remember, oh, I need to put this thing on the stove. You know, so many things to distract you. It's difficult to think. It's difficult. And that's why so many people are not getting very further along because they're not really thinking. Amen? So I said think, plan, and execute. Uh, those were the three things we mentioned back then. So today, I want to remind us, I, this is obvious. I, I'm just stating the obvious here. The time, the clock is already ticking, right? We're in 2021, and the clock is ticking. Today is what? The 10th of January. It's already the second Sunday of the year. And uh, as the clock ticks, it's important that we're thinking about our lives and we have a plan for 2021. Uh, but I, I must say, the sermon is already on, this, on the app, so you can follow along on the app. Uh, I must say, God lives, the, the zone where God lives, there's no night and day. There's no time. God is not on our 24-hour cycle. That's just for us. God is not bound by time. It's not limited to time. The space where God lives, there is nothing like time there. Time was created by man for man so that we can manage stuff. Oh, by God, you know. You know, in Genesis, he said the night and the day was the one, you know. It's for us. It's not for him. There's not. He, he, he's an eternal God. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's God all by himself. God all by himself. But we, on the other hand, we are bound by time. 
Amen. Uh, and we are bound by seasons. You know, we have summer. It's uh, winter right now. Yeah. We have fall. We have spring. That does not happen in heaven. I hope you know that. There's no winter in heaven. Heck, there is no winter in Nigeria. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we are bound by time and season. But can I tell you something? The God that you and I serve is the God, even though not bound by time, it controls times and it controls seasons. Daniel chapter 2 verse 21, Daniel chapter 2 and the 21st verse, reading the New King James Version. He said, and he changes the times and the seasons. May God change every bad season in your life to a good season. In the name of Jesus. He's the one that changes times and he what? He changes seasons. He removes kings. He appoints kings. He does all of that. Why? Because he's the all and the mighty God. So even though our God is not bound by time, he controls time. Amen. And he has given us examples of this in this. Let, let me show you an example. Uh, some of you may know this. Uh, Joshua and the children of Israel were in battle. And they seemed to have the upper hand, and nighttime was coming. And he figured if the night should come, the enemy will have time to regroup. So he prayed to the Lord and commanded the sun to stand still. The Bible says the sun stood still. Even though we have our 24 hours, that day, 24 hours was extended. God, by his grace, will give you more time. Amen. Somebody is saying, oh, I missed my opportunity. The same God that did it for Joshua is still God today. Amen. He extended that, that 24 hours was not 24 hours that day. The Bible says the sun stood still and the moon stood still. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. Hallelujah. And then when you read in Isaiah chapter 38, I, 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 preached, I preached many sermons on this uh, particular one, Ezekiah. But we're not going to talk about those today. Ezekiah, God sent Isaiah to him. He said, Ezekiah, put your house in order because you're going to die. And then he, he faced the wall, and you can interpret it how you like. He accused God. He complained to God. He said everything he had to say. I served you well. Why should I die? <laughs> I still need more time. So God said to uh, Isaiah, he said, go back and tell him that I give him 15 additional years. Go check what he did in those 15 years. You know, <laughs> when his time is good to just go. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, so God said to Isaiah, I said, go back and tell him that I've given him more time. Is that because uh, man, men are very flaky? Before they say you are a false prophet, he said this will be the sign. And you see it in Isaiah 38 verse 8. He said, tell him, I'm going to move the shadow backwards. You know, time is always going forward. If the shadow had moved forward, you say it's a mistake. But for the shadow, you know, the sun rises and then from the, from the east, and then the shadow is going, and it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going until it sets on this side. He said, I'm going to move your shadow backwards 10 degrees so that you will know that this thing I have said is true. So that day, 24 hours was not 24 hours either. What am I saying? This is not my sermon today. What I'm saying to you is your God 
is the one that is absolutely and totally in control of time. They may tell you, oh, this thing, after one year, it expires, you have no right, you have no anything. God can change the rules and change the laws just for you. He did it for me, so I know. Yes. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. He can do it. He can do it. So you may have been told it's too late. Or they say it's over for you. Look at you. You're getting old. All of these things. It's not going to happen. He said, wait and see what my God will do. <laughs> Just wait. Sit back. Sit back and observe God do it in my life. You know, this morning, as we were dri driving to church, my, my wife messed me up. She was playing this song, for, uh, this track, since we were at home. I, I'm at the table, I'm studying, you know, but I'm, I couldn't help but hear the music. It's in Yoruba, and I can't sing too well. So I don't want to butcher it for you. And, but, man, I kept listening to the words of the song. And then as we were driving to church, I was able to listen to the song very well. My eyes welled up with tears. Pastor, I kid you not. My eyes welled up with tears. The song says, many of you may know it. It says, meaning that there is a room, there's room for thanksgiving. And she gave so many examples, and that is what messed me up. Because a lot of the examples she was giving were true of me. Even now, I'm emotional talking about it. When we started this church, only my wife knew this. I had one sports coat that I wore very proudly. Very, very proudly. Wore it for like two or maybe even three years. Until it ripped on the inside, but nobody could see it. <laughs> Just come, all buttoned up, looking God with a big smile, preach powerful messages, and people were prospering. Lives were being turned around. You know, you could have asked yourself, say, I'm praying for others. God is doing it for them. What about me, Lord? You know, this jacket, I'm wearing it proudly. I don't want it to sound like bragging. But if you know the name, <laughs> you will say God has helped you, Pastor. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Now, I, I have a whole suitcase 50-pound suitcase that I'm taking to be a blessing to somebody in Nigeria. I have suits. I have sports coats. I have shoes, shirts. I, I mean, back then, I had maybe three shirts. So make sure starch them very well, you know. Some of them were ripped in the collar. But if you, I noticed if you wash it very well, you starch it very well, you press it very well, it's all shining, looking good. All shiny looking good. You come out with a big smile. They think God is, uh, God is a partial because he has been so, too good to you. Friends, learn to give thanks. That's why the next 21 days is all about Thanksgiving. It's all about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know you have some difficult situation, but it's all about Thanksgiving. Let me jump to this very quickly. Listen, I have four things I want you to remember as this year progresses. The sermon today is something... I want you to bookmark or download or save somewhere so you can remind yourself of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Number one, I want you to remember that we are God's creation. 
God made me. Amen? And God, God made you. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, you know it already. It said, let us make human beings in our image and to be like us. I am made in the image and in the likeness of God. That is big. That is huge. In verse 27, the Bible says, so God created human beings in his own image. Listen, every manufacturer has a sample product, right? Nobody manufactures products and then your sample is your worst product. No. The one you put on display is the one that when everybody sees it, they want it, right? The Bible says that you and I, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. His best creation is best work of art. That is you. Amen? So is, this is not a question of, are things working out for me or are they not working out for me? It doesn't matter what is working and what is not working. Right, not Amen? Amen. Whether it's working or it's not working, it doesn't change who I am. I am made in the image and in the likeness of God. And I am, Abbe, I am his masterpiece. Not one of many. I am what? His masterpiece. The very best of God is what you are seeing. Oh, say, oh boy, your nose is too wide. Talk to the maker. His masterpiece. Oh, your head is too big. Talk to the maker. I'm his masterpiece. Your legs are too long. Talk to the masterpiece. He's the maker. You are too short. Talk to the masterpiece. I talk to the creator. I'm his masterpiece. I'm his Picasso. His very best work of art. That is who I am. Listen. He continues. Ephesians 2.10. He said he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't matter where I used to be or what I used to be called. He has created me a new man. In Christ Jesus. Listen. He says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He says, Jeremiah 29, 17, you know it. He said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They are thoughts of welfare, good plans. That's what I have for you. So I want you to remember that, that because I am made in his image, every manufacturer protects their product. That's, where, that's why you get, they, they say there's a recall. Why? Because they want to make it better. Hallelujah. The Lord recently blessed us, you know, with one nice car. <laughs> listen, listen. That car, when you go to sleep, by the time you wake up, the car is a better car before you went to bed, because they have pushed some updates to it that makes it drive better and makes it everything just gets better. Every manufacturer protects their brand. You are God's brand. You are God's masterpiece. And God has a stake in your life. You know, enough of all this jelly heart, you know. Oh, no. Please stop it. Stop. You are so, you are, you are back to the bones. Back to the bones. Remind yourself 
regardless of your situation or circumstances, that I'm God's masterpiece. There's a song, there's a song by Marvin Sapp. My, my wife, uh, not my wife, my daughter put it on my playlist. It says, the best in me. It says, when others saw the worst in me, God saw the best in me. Think about it. If I was so bad, why would Jesus come and die? If I was irredeemable, why will Jesus come for a failed mission? I am his creation. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy deceive you. You are what? God's creation is masterpiece, the very best of God. And that is not defined by what you have and what you don't have. Why? Because it's taking you somewhere on a mission. <laughs> Amen? Let's, let's move very quickly. Oh, my God. Time is never a, a good friend. In Romans chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, I'm going to read from the uh, uh, Message Bible. Romans 5, 7 and 8. It said, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But, somebody say but. But, God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death why we were no use whatsoever to him. <laughs> when we couldn't bring anything to the table, he did it for us. Friends, God loves you very dearly. You're special to God. You, are, 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 you have no idea how special you are to him. He, if he can give his only son, he will give anything for you. Jeremiah 31.3 it says, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, endless love. John 3, 16, you know it, for God loved the world so much that Jesus came and died. First John 3, 1, we talked about this when we're doing the uh, 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 epistle of John. It says, he loved us so much, he has called us his own children. His own children. God loves you. Friends, I put something here. It's my children's language. I hope I'm not using it incorrectly. I, I, usually I check with them before I post things like this, but uh, I forgot. I, I'm just seeing it in my note now. I said, you ought to feel special. No cap. No cap. No cap. No cap. You, are, you see, this segment is the youth. The rest of you, I know where you stand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Very quickly. Number two. Number two, you are a unique individual before God. You are unique. Unique. <laughs> Listen. When it comes to God, and God looking at his masterpiece, to God, you're special. Awesome. Amazing. Even when you don't feel like it. You're special to God. He, when he made you, he made you a unique individual. When God is looking down from heaven, when God is looking down from heaven, right? He's not seeing a bunch of people in Salvation Center. 
Well, as God is looking down from heaven, he's seeing Adekoye, son. He's seeing Charles Cole, right? He's seeing Ben Afolabi. He's seeing Yinkaoke. He, see, he sees you as an individual. He's not looking at the masses. He's looking at you as a unique creation of his. He said, how do you know this, Pastor? Psalm 33, verse 15, Message Bible. Psalm 33, verse 15. He has shaped each person in turn. It means he did, the, he was a, he took, he made a mold. He said, this mold is going to be Koye. He created me. Once he was done, smashed the mold. Nobody like me. You, you do, there's nobody that talks like me, walks like me, thinks like me. No, no, no. I'm a unique individual. And then he moved over and created Christina. Made the mold, created her, done, smashed it. A unique individual. You are unique before God. He made us as individuals and not some kind of assembly line production, everything looking the same, talking the same. No, 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 no. no. You are unique. Uniquely different. So we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't fight or resist our differences. You know, uh, a, a lot of times, you know, because the majority is a particular culture, they want that culture to predominate. Oh, no, 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 no. We, this is our church. No. It's the Lord's church. It's the Lord's church. We must accommodate one another. Amen. Why? Because he created us uniquely different. I'm not the same as you. And I have no interest in being like you. Absolutely not. I have no, I want to be like God. That's all. I have no interest in being like you. And you shouldn't have any interest in being like me. We can uh, follow the example of righteousness in each other's life. But for me to try to talk like you and dress like you, I got my own style. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I got my own style. <laughs> I got my own style. Hallelujah. I praise the Lord. Watch this. Watch this. In Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1, it is important for you and I to understand that God, he knows you and calls you by your name. Isaiah 43 verse 1, he said, but now, oh Jacob, he didn't say now, oh you over there. Now, oh Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. Oh Israel, the one who formed form you says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I have what? Called you by name. I'm calling you by name. You are mine. You are mine. Exodus chapter 33 verse 17. Exodus 33 verse 17. He said, the Lord replied to Moses, I will do what you have asked. I will look favorably on you. I know you by name. What? I know you by what? By name. By name. You know, there's a story. I've killed this story. Told this story many times. When the twins were little, Tony, Tony will come to my room and knock on the door. That girl, very bold. Nothing scares her. The way she will bang on the door, I'm like, who is that? Who is that? She will say, it is I, Tony. A mini Tony. You know, like God said, I am that I am. He said, it is me. My name is Tony. Open this door. 
I praise the Lord. You are a unique individual before God. You are not one of many that is all of this, this, all this, my children. No, 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 no. It's Adekoye, my son. For Lakemi, my daughter. You are a unique individual before God. And it's important that you know that. That is why when Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, when Jesus appeared to Paul, what did he say to him? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He called him by his name. He didn't say, hey, you, my persecutor. No, he called him by name. You know, for those of you that may be confused, Saul, Paul, the Paul is not his baptismal name. It's his Roman name. And he used his Roman name so that he can open doors for him among the Romans. You know, that's why in Acts 13, uh, when, uh, as Luke was referring to him, he said, Saul, also known as Paul, is not a his conversion name. Now that I'm born again, my name is Paul. I've had people say that. You don't know Bible history, that's all. Number three, number three. Number three, watch this, watch this. God has an assignment for you. God has an assignment for you. I want you to please pay attention here. This is important. Because many people miss great opportunities here. Uh, I know Victor will not mind me using him as an example here. I'll get to it in a minute. When you look at the United States of America, for example, to become the president of the United States, you don't just show up. Okay, now I want to. Nobody knows you. There's no name recognition, nothing. You have not done anything that anybody can say this is what you have accomplished. You just show up. I want to be president. You can, where you can show up, you just will not be the president. <laughs> Amen. Look at President, uh, the past president from Obama. Obama was a community organizer, then became a senator, then became president. The one before him, George Bush, he was the governor of Texas. For many years. Before him, he was Clinton. Clinton was governor of Arkansas. You don't just show up and say, ah, God has spoken. <laughs> Voila, I have come. I'm taking it by force. He said, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Be violent in there. <laughs> Go and be doing violence. You don't just show up. God has an assignment for you, and the, before you get to your ultimate assignment, the assignments it has you engaged in right now are the things that are preparing you for your ultimate assignment. I'll give you an example. Remember Joseph. Joseph in the scripture, in Genesis. Number one, Joseph, the Bible says his father loved him so much, made him coat of many colors. The blank there is that coat of many colors, what he represented in the life of Joseph was an affirmation of the father's love. Remember how we started. I said, number one, God made you in his own image and his likeness, and God loves you. So the first thing, the first assignment was for him to understand God's love, that God loves you. It's not about you. It's not about anything. God loves you. Why? 
He made you. The makers of Toyota, they love Toyota. Amen? If you can be an executive in Toyota and be driving uh, 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 an infinity, it's not going to happen. Uh, Pastor Cole knows what I'm talking about. He was an executive with Honda. He was driving a Honda. You know, ah, I remember his story now. <laughs> ah, bad example. <laughs> Scratch that. You don't know the story, so that's okay. <laughs> because I remember we, we had a conversation about that. So every manufacturer, they love their product. Amen? They love their product. They showcase their product. <laughs> their life is looking at us. Ah, Pastor, you goofed off. That's okay. I'm not It just shows you my humanity. <laughs> so, from the court of many colors, he became a slave. This, being a slave did not look like being a prime minister. But being a slave was preparation for being a prime minister. You know why? While he was a slave in Potiphar's house, he learned the Egyptian culture. He learned administration. Where God has you now is not where he's taking you, but he wants you to be dedicated and faithful where he has you right now. When Victor started doing camera in church, he had no knowledge of it. But we needed help, and he took it upon himself to learn. Today you have Vic and me. They have, watch, watch, watch this. Watch, that's not his field. That's not his profession. It's become his profession now because he's become an expert there. They flew him to Pennsylvania to go cover an event. All expense paid. Did you have to buy a ticket yourself? Did you have to pay hotel yourself? The food? They were just, <laughs> how do you say it in English? They were blowing you, you know, every, <laughs> everything, everywhere. And then on top of it, you presented an invoice. Yes? Uh, did they pay? Yes, they paid. <laughs> Whilst you are busy complaining where you are, God is saying that is your stepping stone to where I'm taking you. And he's saying to you, be faithful. Be diligent. Be consistent where you are now, even though it doesn't look like where you're going. God is saying it's a preparation for where I'm taking you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And thirdly, he ended up in prison. In prison, in prison is where he honed his skill of interpretation of dreams. If you know the story of Joseph well, you will know he was Joseph the dreamer, not Joseph the interpreter of dreams. It was whilst he was in prison that somebody dreamt. He said, tell me your dream. <laughs> said, What's wrong with this fool? <laughs> when did you become a seer or a interpreter? They told him the dream. He gave them the interpretation. The other one came. Told him the dream, he gave them the interpretation. Excuse me. If the interpretation he gave was wrong, what's the consequence? Nothing. They are all prisoners. He said, you bloody prisoner. <laughs> you bloody slave. 
Your dream, your interpretation did not come to pass. That's all. Excuse me. If you went before Pharaoh and interpreted a dream and it didn't come to pass, what's the consequence? Off with his head. God put him in a place where he can fail and learn to be perfect. God has put you in a place where you can learn. But you are resistant. Ah, no, 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 no. I don't like all the force, all the this, everybody, everybody. It is normal. It is normal. I will never forget. The year 2007 was a very rough year for my family. In our personal life and in the church. I got so upset. I said, ah, did you think I came to America to be a pastor? No. I came the same reason you came. Greener pastors. That's what a vet, a veterinary doctor. You know, I came here to make money. I didn't come here to be pastor. You know, I just saw a need, and they said, "Would you do?" I said, "Well, I can help her." You know, and then year one, year two, year three, I'm like, "Ah!" Uh-uh. And then everybody's attacking me. I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" I didn't come. Ah! I resigned. Oh, it's funny, but is is the truth? I res- he knows. They didn't know what happened behind this. I resigned. I called the, the both of my bosses. I called my boss and his boss to tell them, I'm done. I'm going to Florida <laughs> to pursue my dream. If it, I'm telling you a true life story. My wife knows. Gainesville, we already picked the city. We picked the university. They had a program, uh, University of Florida in Gainesville. They had a program for foreign veterinary doctors that want to transition to become veterinary doctors in America. So we picked the city. We were already looking for house. I said, take your church. That's not why I care. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But listen to this. It is important that we make our hearts pliable so that God can still mold us. God can touch us. You know, so I gave them one year. Notice. Is that 12, 10? Listen, listen to, I'll wrap up quickly. Listen to, listen to this. Listen to this. I turned in my resignation. I told them all of that. And I gave them one year. I said, I'm not going to just up and leave. I will stay for one year for you to look for a replacement for me. While we were waiting for a replacement for me, we had a guest minister that came to preach in church. Like three or four months later. And as he was preaching, it was like God gave him my 411. He was just stabbing my heart. He was stabbing my heart. He was stabbing my heart. He was stabbing my heart. And I was weeping within me. I said, Lord, how could the thought have even entered my heart that I would imagine to quit on you? And I repented. I pleaded with God. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm sorry 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that man became my mentor from that day. I went and met him after service. I said, sir, he's one of the senior pastors from Nigeria. So I explained to him what was happening to me as he was preaching. And he adopted me as a son from that time. Do you know everything I was worried about in 2007, that wind blew off. By 2008, not only did the church grow, we broke into two services. Is that correct? We broke into two services. Where you are is not the ultimate destination. It's preparation for where you're going. That is why today some things happen in the church is like water off the dock. You're all flustered. I'm, okay. Somebody says, oh, I'm not doing again. Okay. Because that's what, when I told my bosses I'm, not, I'm leaving, they said, okay. <laughs> we have had, okay. Leave. It's not my work. It's the work of the Lord. He will provide for himself. Is a leave. No, they didn't say leave. They said, okay. <laughs> they said, okay. I'm not, what's wrong with this? You won't even beg me. <laughs> no, I didn't think that because I really wanted to leave. I'm going to wrap it up like this. Number four, weather the storm. Weather the storm. Weather the storm. I am... I'm not ignorant that there are issues. There are issues. There are things sometimes that are beyond us. And you're wondering, you say, Lord, this thing is killing me. This thing is killing me. But if you can weather the storm, it will blow over. It will blow over. Tough times don't last like they say. Only tough people last. Winners don't quit. And quitters never win. Hang in there. Hang in there. Let the Lord help you. You know, <laughs> you know I, I say this boldly, you know, without any kind of reservation because your background, for the most part, is my background. You know, we came out of the same old school, old religion, church. A lot of the things were binding and losing. You know why they are not losing? You know why? Because God put them there. Can you bind God? Can you lose God? No! God himself is responsible. He's because he's, he's molding you. He's molding. Open to Isaiah chapter 45 verse 7. And what I did, I put different translations there. Because sometimes uh, what's loose, uh, I mean, during translation, things begin to mean different things from one translation to another. But not this verse. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. It says, I create the light and make the darkness. Watch. I send good times and bad times. This is the Lord speaking. He said, I, the Lord, I'm the one who does these things. American Standard Version. I create light, create darkness, I make peace, I create evil. I am Jehovah that doeth all these things. 
The BBE translation says, I am the giver of light and the maker of darkness, causing blessing and sending troubles. I am the Lord that doeth all these things. CEV translation, I create light and darkness, happiness and sorrow. I, the Lord, do all of this. ERV translation, I make the light and the darkness. I bring peace and I cause trouble. I, the Lord, do all these things. ESV translation. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. KJV. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. NIV, pick your choice. I form light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. So your experience is not without the knowledge of God. Simply said, your, God knows about your experience. God knows about it. You know, we have come to love People that just tell us all the positive, good things, you will be well, you will be this, you will be that. But sometimes, God allows things to happen to help us. The things that have changed my perspective and have made me strong in faith were not the wonderful things that happened to me. For example, the situation I just told you, I almost quit the ministry. That lesson is a resounding one in my life till today. That's 13 years ago. What God is allowing you to go through that is so unpleasant is using those things to prepare you for the pleasant ones. So that we don't lose our mind when we get to where God is taking us. You know, I think it was uh, Shewan I was talking to the other day. I told him, I am grateful that God did not allow me to get my veterinary doctor certification. Imagine if I had my veterinary doctor certification license in 2007. What do you think will happen? The Holy Spirit cannot reach me. Because I'm like, what's wrong with this? I have my job. I'm just going to walk away. And then I walk away. (laughs) But guess what? The income I was pursuing then, I'm making more than that income today. And it really doesn't matter what the devil will throw at me now. Because now I am grounded. I am grounded. When people hate you, it's not the devil. Sometimes God has allowed it to see how you are going to respond to that. Please rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.